Welcome to this week's virtual drasha. This week we have the incredible privilege to read the double parshios of Achremos and Kedoshim. And nestled in parshios Achremos, the Torah tells us a fascinating prohibition. The Torah says, this is Perik Yedzayin, Pasek Yedala, chapter 17, verse 14. Literally, the life force of any animal, of any living thing, is contained in its blood. The Torah tells us, you are not permitted to consume blood. Rather, again, what am I supposed to do? The Torah says, Ki Because once again, the life force of any living thing, of any animal, is in its blood. Kol ochlav yikares. The Torah tells us that there is a very severe punishment attached to the consumption of blood. If one goes in and consumes blood, there is a punishment of kare, spiritual excommunication. Interestingly enough, the Torah in Chumash Devarim, in Barak Yud Bey's Pasuk, Tes Zayin, chapter 12, verse 16 says, You have to take the blood and spill it out. Spill it out like water on the ground. And the Lubavitcher Rebbe, Zechatadik V'Kadosh Levracha, asks a simple question. He says, I don't understand. Why does the Torah have to be so severe? Why does the Torah have to hand down such a severe punishment when it comes to the consumption of blood? In other words, there are other prohibitions that are a lot more alluring, that are a lot more tempting, and I understand why the Torah has to attach a punishment of kares. So eating on Yom Kippur is very significant. Not observing the laws of Jewish morality, very significant, tempting on a variety of levels. So I understand the Torah tells me if you transgress certain things that are so severe, that are so fundamental to the essence of Yiddishkeit, that the punishment for transgression is this spiritual excommunication is karis. How many people do you know that are tempted to eat blood? How many people you know ever told you, you know what, I'm really struggling. Oh, what's wrong? What are you struggling with? It's blood consumption. I just can't stay away from blood. I just, I, I just, I can't get enough of it. I don't, I don't know what to do. I've heard people say that about tarfos, about chazer, about the whole variety of different prohibited things. But blood, blood consumption? And yet the Torah hands down such a stiff penalty. That's question number one. Why does the Torah have to deal so severely with something that doesn't seem to be all that tempting? And question number two asked the Rebbe, is why does the Chumash in Dvarim have to tell me, Allah kamayim, spill it out on the ground like water? What does it matter? The Torah tells me I can't eat it. That's the goal over here, right? That, that's the essence. You're not allowed to eat it. Once I know I'm not allowed to eat it, discussion is over. You want to spill it on the ground, you want to spill it down the drain, you want to give it to your Gentile neighbor, you want to feed it to your animals. You can do whatever you want with it. As long as you don't eat it, that's the essence, that's the key, that's the core. Why does the question number two, why does the Torah have to add in, spill it out on the ground like water? And the Rebbe gives such a magnificent and beautiful insight. The Rebbe explains, blood is not just representative of life force, but blood represents vitality. Without blood, without blood we can't accomplish. Blood is the life force, is the vitality of the individual. So says the Rebbe on such a deep level, if a person consumes blood, they're taking life vitality and they're plowing it inwards. They're using it inwards. I'm taking life vitality and by consuming blood, what I'm saying is, my life is all about me. Life is all about me. Any vitality or strength or vigor or co-host that I possess, it's all about me. You see, the ingestion of blood, says the Rebbe, represents a flawed life hashkafa a flawed life ideology. When you consume life force, 
what you're saying is my life force, all of my vitality, all of my vigor is for me and me alone. And therefore, what does the Jew do with blood? Well, in the context of sacrificial law, we put the blood on the Mizbeach. We sprinkle the blood. We sprinkle the blood on the altar. And in fact, we know that Rambam tells us that the primary part of sacrificial service, this is incredible, is the blood application. In other words, obviously you have to slaughter the carbon, you have to slaughter the, you have to slaughter the offering, and there are many sacrificial parts that are offered. But the key in sacrificial service is the blood application, what we call in halacha, zrika, the sprinkling of the blood. If you fail to offer up some of the other sacrificial parts, the sacrifice is still good. If you fail to eat the sacrifice, the carbon is still kosher. But if you fail to do zrika, if you did not sprinkle the sacrificial blood on the Mizbeach, the carbon is puzzle, the carbon is invalid, the carbon is unfit, the carbon does not achieve any type of sacrificial purpose. Because the goal of blood, the goal of life force, is to utilize it for something higher. So the Rebbe says, when we go ahead and we take blood and we sprinkle it on the Mizbeach, blood representing life force, blood representing vitality, blood representing vigor and abilities. What I'm saying is, Ribbono Shal Olam, you have blessed me with blood. You have blessed me with talents. You've blessed me with abilities. You've blessed me with resources. you blessed me with strength. And my job is to use it for some higher purpose. My job is to put it on the Mizbeach, to put it on the altar of dynamic activity. You can't drink blood. You can't drink blood. Because if you drink blood, that represents a harnessing of your vitality and vigor for you and you alone. But when you apply the blood on the Mizbeach, what you're saying, Hashem, is all the vigor and vitality you've given me, I've got to figure out a way to plug it in for some higher purpose. I, but why does the Torah say, So why does the Torah have to say, pour out the blood on the ground like water? Why not just say, don't eat it? Because the imagery is so profound, explains the Rebbe. When you pour water on the ground, you facilitate growth. And you facilitate growth not just for yourself, but you facilitate growth in the earth. You facilitate growth for those around you. The Rebbe says, you see, it's not just enough to use your life, vigor, and vitality to put your blood on the Mizbeach and ultimately, again, use your strengths and your abilities for a higher purpose. But you must also use your life force, your vigor, your vitality to enable growth in others. Take your growth, take your vigor, take your vitality, take your strength and use it like water being poured onto the ground, which facilitates growth in those around you, in the world around you. Avoid the temptation to keep your abilities for yourself. Avoid the temptation to harness your kochos for yourself and figure out how to turn your abilities into water, which will foster and enable growth in all of those around you. And so it turns out, says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, that a prohibition that we often look at and say, whew, that's at least one thing I don't struggle with. Blood consumption, Baruch Hashem, I could check that off the list. Not a problem. God, I'm squared away. I'm solid on that one. But says the Rebbe, the mitzvah which seems so simple, or the prohibition which seems so simple, represents such a profound life ideology. It is tempting to live life for yourself. 
It is tempting to utilize your abilities and your resources purely for personalistic self-advancement. It is easy to fall into the trap of egocentricity and self-centeredness. And so HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells us, don't eat the blood. Avoid that temptation. Do not live a life where all you do is plow your own abilities and energies into yourself. Find the koach, find the strength to do zrika, to take your blood, to take your abilities, and to put it on the altar, to place it on the mizbeach, to figure out if Hashem has given me all of these resources and all of these abilities, if Hashem has blessed me with all of this blood, how could I use it for some higher purpose? How could I use it for some higher service? How could I put it on the altar of dynamic self-actualization and ultimately again giving to the other? How could I use it for some higher purpose and not just simply my own pleasure and enjoyment? But that's not enough either. You have to put some of the blood on the altar and the rest of it you have to pour on the ground. Because part of being a successful Jew is not only your own growth and not only your own self-actualization, but it's enabling growth and self-actualization in the other. Each of us has to take our life abilities, pour it onto the fertile soil of my family, of my community, of my people, and of my world, and use that lifeblood, use that vitality to create, to engender, and to enable growth in the other. May we be zochemir tzashem to appreciate all the beautiful and bountiful blood that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given each of us. May we be tzashem to find the wisdom to use our resources and abilities for higher purposes. And may we find the strength to become the enablers of growth of all those around us. Wishing everyone a good and Erev Shabbos and a beautiful Shabbos Kodesh.